Hoboken, a podcast dedicated to interviewing Hoboken business owners, learning more about them so we can all learn more about each other. Today on our show, we have Steve Fink. Steve is the proprietor of Coditum, Coditum Cafe, as well as Summer Tech. Hello. Hello, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Welcome to our new podcast. So here you are in Hoboken and you own a coding program, coding school for all humans, kids and adults. Can you tell us something about your business? Sure. Uh, we have uh, two versions of the business. Um, we teach after school and in school uh, coding programs to kids. Um, and coding is computer programming. Uh, and we also have a program for adults called Coditum Cafe, where we teach one-on-one -on -one adult coding classes at cafes throughout the city. And what, tell us why coding is the hottest thing right now. Well, there's so many jobs available, if you can code even a little bit. Um, there's so many different ways to take it. So coding can be very vague for people. What is it? Why are, why are they doing it? Um, depending on your age and what it is you're looking to do, it's got all sorts of different benefits, right? For, so for children, <clears throat> sure, it's a great skill to learn. Uh, but it doesn't always necessarily mean you have to become a coder. Um, just like when you learn the piano or something, you know, outside, something that, that takes... Um, just a different brain function and, and, and that, that, that progresses you as, uh, in your skills, um, it's, it's going to build other skills within you. And the, and the most important thing that we found that coding will do for you <clears throat> is um, problem solving. It's all about problem solving. So is coding, if you were to compare it to a subject in school, is coding mathematical? Is it more like logic? Where would you put, where does it fall? Yeah, it's, it's definitely somewhere in there. When you are coding, you are building from the ground up. You are, um, the, 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 my favorite thing that, that coding will do for you, and this might help explain it, is um, it breaks things down into the smallest steps. So when you are coding, you're telling the computer every single step of the way what it's going to do when it runs your code into in whatever, whatever that comes out to be. Um, so every piece of software that you use is coded. Uh, it's, you know, long series of code that, that when you execute the program, it does what it does. So, so anything that happens on a computer had to have a foundation in coding. Right. So applications are infinite. Sure. And that includes app creation as well? Yeah, app creation is, is coding. So what is it about coding with regards to children that kids seem to find fun about learning it. You know, sometimes it's uh, because it's what they don't know they don't know. And all of a sudden they have that aha moment of, oh, I see what's possible. Um, when we teach coding, 
we're a little different than we're a lot different than than other STEM programs out there. Uh, when you go to a lot of these children's STEM programs, you're often using um, educational software, edutainment, things that that sort of expose you to coding or give you the idea of what it's about, but it's not actually coding. You're more of moving things around, you're changing variables and seeing what happens. But what we do is we start from the ground up and you're typing every single thing in so you understand what it's doing when it's doing it. So for instance, the very first program, which is a very famous program that's been going on forever, is called Hello World. It's the first thing you do on your first day. And all it does is uh, shows you how to print something on the screen, right? How something make something appear. And the classic, uh, a lesson was always to write hello world and have that printed on the screen. And um, there's a long history to that. Um, and, and that takes two seconds, right? You get it. We got it. Good. Now let's move on. And then you get into, you know, the next steps, which you start to be able to build larger programs and, and, and do things like that. But it's step by step. Um, many years ago, I used to teach pretty young kids, uh, an, an old, uh, language called basic, which is still around a little bit. And uh, these were like eight-year-old kids, right? And it was pretty unheard of to teach kids that young coding back in the day. And what I would do is I would get a, a jar of peanut butter and a jar of jelly, a loaf of bread, and a knife. And I would say, how do you make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? And they'd say, oh, well, you take the peanut butter and jelly and you put it on the bread. So I would take the jars of peanut butter and jelly and I would put them on top of a loaf of the bread. And they're like, no, 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 first oh, you have great. to. And then you, so we start breaking it down into, well, we have to get the lid off. How do we get the lid off, you know? So you have to pick up the jar, you have to turn the lid to the left, you have to take the lid off, you have to put the lid down, you have to put each little step by step and it starts to get them to understand that the computer really isn't smart, you're telling it everything to do. That's you have to tell it every little part. So it's almost like when you teach this to children, you're teaching them so that they feel like they have a key to unlock this mystery of things that occur on a computer. Right. Right. But the other thing that happens is when you start learning that kind of step-by-step -step learning, you see all of your subjects that way. And, and everything starts to look easier. You, you approach your learning in a different way and, and it starts to compartmentalize and you start to really open up and, and see it for what it is rather than just be sort of, you know, whether it's overwhelmed by it or confused by it. It, it, it really, we've found over the years, it, it really helps with kids learning a lot. What age do you recommend that children begin learning to code? It's, you know, every, every kid is going to be a little different, it, usually around fourth grade, but really the prerequisite for us is when they have a good concept, not a mastery, but a good concept of multiplication and division. At that point, they're really ready to dive in and be able to, um, you know, really accomplish things. And what are the names of the languages that you teach at Codedom? Um, we like to start most people on Python. Uh, Python's language has been around a very, very long time. It's actually uh, older than Java, which is another language we teach. But our goal is not, uh, at least with kids, is not to teach them Python or Java, which they will learn, but it's to teach them the concepts. Because as you go across all coding languages, they all pretty much have the same concepts. They have different syntax, different application. But, uh, but to understand the concept means you can... You know, you've, you've gone through Python and now you can jump into Java and you already understand. You have a handle on what's going to happen. Yeah, but now it's about, it's sort of like when you learn a new language, you, okay. you take French in school. Okay, I know what a verb is and now I just have to learn this new syntax. So I have three children and I know over the years I've looked for STEM programs because there's 
all of this information out there that says, get your kids involved in STEM. Mm -hmm. And I would search for STEM programs and find very little. Yeah. Um, so this seems like a really solid opportunity for parents who live near in Hoboken or near Hoboken to have access to real, real application, real learning of coding. Yeah. So how do you teach it? Is it in a classroom? Is it in um, a facility? How, where does Coditem operate from? Sure. So, um, and that's a great question. That it's really what makes us so different. So, just to back up, we've been around for 19 years. So we've been doing this a long time. We're older than YouTube. We're older than Facebook. We've seen a lot of change over the years, and we are e even as. Uh, as long as all of this has been around and as, as ubiquitous as coding and STEM has become, um, we haven't come across any other programs that just dive right in and actually teach you. I think, um, well, it's a business like any other, right? And so you want to create a profit for yourself. You want to, you know, have a sustainable, sustaining business. We've taken the approach of um, making it more labor intensive. What we found is, when you sit down with someone or two or three people, uh, three to one student to teacher ratio seems to be our sweet spot where we can um, still have a business but have a really effective class. Uh, and we also very strongly believe in getting people together. We don't have online curriculum. We could, but we don't. Uh, we don't do even Skype you know, type of learning. It's about people getting together and having a conversation. So our classes are conversational. They're in person. They're always in person. Everything is always in person. You want to be able to look into that student's eyes, your teacher's eyes. You want to have a real conversation with them because you're now solving real world problems as you're doing this. And to do that, you know, by yourself online, following through a curriculum, you will hit a wall every time where you can't get that answer explained to you. But when you're sitting with one of our teachers, it's a, it's, it feels like a tutor. And so they're always right there with you and they're getting instant feedback, whether you're getting it or not. And so they're always able to, you know, explain things in a different way. Maybe they start to get to know you and they want to explain things in a way of you're into baseball. So let's put this in baseball terms. So where do um, students meet their teachers? So for kids, we have a few things going on. We do run out uh, currently out of the uh, Monroe movement space at the Monroe Center. Uh, we work after school. Um, we can build you classes. We can be very flexible. We work within the um, Hoboken school system, the public school system, both the middle and high school. How does that work? We It's just after school programs. So the, the exact same way, uh, but much less expensive for the student because they're now paying the after school school prices, which has oh, been so great. The parents book their children for these classes through their school. Right. So we there's a system in the public schools called Passport to Learning. Which, um, which I was actually part of uh, developing. And it's a series of after-school programs. Um, some of them are wellness, some of them are athletic, some of them are, you know, uh, more educational. And um, there's, all, there's, there's, there's golf, there's rugby, there's robotics, there's all kinds of things that you can do uh, and spend more time in school and, and have something to do after school. And so uh, we've been doing that. And it's twice, meets twice a week. At your space? At, no, at these school. are at the schools. These are at the schools. And all of my teachers currently in Hoboken are all students at Stevens Institute. Which so. says a lot. That's one of the top three engineering schools in the country. Is it? 
Yes. It's a really, it's fantastic. And, and only about 30% of uh, applicants pass our interview. So we're very, we're very picky with who we're going to put in front of the kids. You know, we, we, you, you do have to know your stuff, uh, but you also have to know how to explain it well. And is this accessible to children whose parents may not be able to afford it on the Passport to Learning program? Are there scholarships? There are. I do believe that there are scholarships within if you are a, a public school student. But even still, it's very inexpensive to go through Passport to Learning. Now, my understanding is you also have other ways of teaching one-on-one outside of your brick-and-mortar studio. Can you share more we, information about that? We do. So we, we had a studio. We had our own studio, and we were getting a lot of one-on-one adult students, which was great. And um, we decided to close the studio and, and look for other venues. And, and uh, everything was pretty easy to figure out except for these one-on-ones. What are we going to do with these one-on-ones? And, you know, I thought about tutoring in homes, and I just didn't like it. I didn't want to send college kids to people's homes. And uh, I was in a coffee shop in town, and I looking around, I realized every single person in here is sitting with headphones on a computer or two people talking. Why aren't we doing it right here? And literally one day, we launched Codetum Cafe. The site went up, and off we went, and we got a customer on our very first day. Um, and it's been great. It's been one of the better things that I've done uh, I haven't had a complaint I, uh, from either teacher, cafe, or student. They love the flexibility. So essentially, it's a matching service that you, you go on the site, you choose a teacher, or we can choose one for you. You choose a date and a time, and there's tons of times because it's based on my teacher's schedules, and, and they're college students, so they have all kinds of extra time here and there. And then you choose your cafe. And we're working with, uh, I think, about six or seven different cafes right now. So because our podcast is hyper-local, yeah. we don't have to be, um, we can reference the cafes you're probably working with, if that's comfortable for you. Can Absolutely. you share with us the cafes where adults and kids can go for sure. coding? Sure. We're at uh, Black Rail Coffee. We're at both Jefferson's locations on Monroe and Washington. We're at uh, Hudson Coffee Company up on Hudson. We are at Joey No Nuts, uh, and we just started working over at The Roost and Simply Chai. Uh, but if you're a cafe owner and you want us to send people to your place, let us know. We're happy to put you on the list and have more places that people want to go. We want to pick places that people want to go to. So what um, do the cafes need to have for your tutoring to happen at their cafe, just Wi-Fi and an outlet, or what are they? What's right. needed? Pretty much, right? There are things that they're already going to have. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's really not, you know, nothing special to it. Uh, you do bring, as a student, you bring your own computer. Um, all of the software we use is free software. It's on our site. We show you how to install it and be ready to go for your first class. And um, your teacher should be waiting for you when you get there. They'll they'll get there early. And uh, some of our cafes are more participating than others with us, meaning that um, they will help us advertise by putting up signage, maybe some social posts. But some of them will actually will give them the opportunity to reserve a table. They'll get a notification when a class is booked. We give them little table reserve signs. If they reserve the table and the teacher gets there and notes, yes, the table is reserved, we will pay the cafe $5. Oh, that's great. So... Um for, for adults, I have a question for yeah. you. So they say learning an instrument 
or reading and doing crossword puzzles is great exercise for the mind. My question to you is if whether you feel that learning coding is similar to those activities where let's say I don't have a specific reason to want to learn coding except I want to acquire new skills, would you say that coding requires those firing cells to help memory and learning processes as you age? Certainly, if you like puzzles, if you like to figure things out, if you like to take things apart and put them back together, then you'll probably be good at coding. And could somebody ultimately design their own app with enough skills? Absolutely, absolutely. It, you know, it's not an overnight thing. App, uh, app building can be tough. Um, and plus you also get into, there's app building for Apple, there's app building for Android, and you do have to learn both systems. Um, we teach those things. So can you take a student as far as they can go? Absolutely. That's pretty exciting. It's just about time. Mm -hmm. But we also accelerate it. Um, we, we have a, this all started from a camp that we have up in Westchester called Summer Tech. Is it a day camp or a sleepaway camp? It's both. Day or sleepaway, we're on the Where? campus of Purchase College in Purchase, New York, which is in Westchester. Uh, you live in the dorms. It's really beautiful. We're, our space that we have been there for a long, long, long time. Um, and that's really where all this came from because we really ran our program as we saw fit and then it evolved from there. So, I don't know, about 10 years ago, one of my directors at the time came to me and he said, you realize that we're taking our 11-year-olds through a semester of college in about three weeks? And I was like, really? I had no idea that was going on. And I go, well, how are we doing that? They're like, well, it's really just about the style in which we're teaching. There's nothing special about our curriculum. It's not an accelerated curriculum. It's the, pretty much the exact curriculum that you would see in college. Ours is unique for the sample programs that you're making that are a little more kid-friendly and make sense to these kids. But, um, but that's been our average for a long, long time. So we'll actually see some kids will complete all of that uh, in a week. Which at is your sleepaway camp. At our sleepaway camp, which is only 15 hours of coding. Wow. So yeah. if a parent is interested in translating the skills a child learns through Coditum mm -hmm. into something tangible for their, to benefit them, is there a way for a child to um, take an AP exam, for example, let's say, for example, the public schools don't offer coding. Is it possible for the kids to request to take an AP exam? Do you teach enough skills to get the kids ready? We, we absolutely do. In fact, uh, we've uh, been working with the school system here, the public school system. It will allow any of our students to sit for the AP test at their school. And you feel that the tutoring, teaching that you're offering will prepare them for this exam? Absolutely, but they do have to do their side of it. Yes. They do have to do their practice tests. You know, we can't take the test for them, obviously, and and the tests are strange. They're, the the AP test is a little bit antiquated at this point. Um, you know, where, where other AP courses come after a lifetime, like AP Calc is after a lifetime of math, AP computer science is often the first time you're ever seeing it. And there is a class before that called uh, the AP um, principles class, which we actually cover at our camp in, in a day, the entire class. So uh, when is your sleepaway camp? What is the starting date it for? It is for all parents in Hoboken, I know they are constantly looking for options for their kids for camp. Your camp 
Is it continuous for four weeks? Do the kids come home on weekends? What are the options available? Sure. So it's a weekly camp, Sunday through Friday. Uh, you would go home on Friday, but if you came back for a second week, you come back on Sunday. Uh, we do, like I said, we have overnight. Uh, it's really lovely. Two, two to a dorm. We have an entire couple of floors to ourselves. We're very safe and, and uh, very seasoned staff. What's the starting age for the sleepaway camp? Um, 10 is where we like, we think is a good age to start our program. Uh, it's a pretty long day and they do a lot. Um, 10 is a nice, maybe And nine. what is the day in the life of a camper at Summer Tech? So they're going to get three classes. They're going to choose a course for the week and they're going to get three classes a day in that course. They're going to get an elective class, uh, which they'll choose when they get, they get there. We offer 20 different electives a week and they're Such always as. changing. Oh, everything from, um, you can always, let's say you're taking uh, our animation class, but you're interested in code, you can take intro to code as in the elective or vice versa. But we've, so electives are built by our staff and, and every staff member we have was once uh, a camper in the program. So it's a whole leadership program that goes with it. Um, and so each generation that comes up seems to be a little bit uh, more skilled than the one than the previous one. They have to develop an elective. So it's stuff that they're really good at. So we've seen... Um, aerospace uh, engineering, we've seen physics, we've seen knitting, we've seen ukulele, um, comedy improv. There's just a ton of different things to do, sports-related, art-related, music-related, um, all kinds of things, and those happen once a day for four days. This year, we're actually offering uh, a new upgrade where instead of your elective and your outdoor time, which would come after that, you can do this... Um, there's a place on campus called Boundless Adventures. It's one of those amazing rope courses that you can oh, do. Uh -huh. So you can have a real mind-body experience this summer. So um, how, how would you differentiate your camp from a typical day camp kids are going to or a sleepaway camp? Is this a camp for a certain kind of child that, you know, can you... Sure. So um, by the nature of... of back in the day who you might thought would come to a computer camp when it was a lot more stereotypical, um, that, uh, that spirit really kind of stayed, but over the years, computers and tech has become so much more mainstream that, uh, first and foremost, we we're very much like a typical camp. A lot of STEM camps feel like programs. Ours feels like a camp. And the, uh, the biggest reason is who's, is who our staff is because they're people who care about the place they have, um, they bring in a spirit that's based on years of, you know, um, rituals and, and all different things that have gone on for you. So it's got a, a real life of its own. It's got an amazing community. We practice radical acceptance. It's really big for us there. It's, it's really important that you get to be who you want to be at this camp. Um, and because of it, we have kids who walk around in armor. We have kids who walk around in cloaks. We have kids who wear costumes all week long because they get to be who they want to be. And this is the one place they know that they're not only not going to get picked on for it, they're going to get celebrated for it. I love that term, radical acceptance. Yeah, yeah, it's really important to us. And, and sometimes uh, a camper will walk in and you see really quickly that they didn't realize a place like this existed and that they didn't realize that their people were out there. They must have a giant exhale when they see a camp like that. And their parents too. And they feel like they fit in. Yeah. Sometimes uh, I, I, we've had parents who think that something is wrong because because parents know rather, if they yeah. have a super athletic kid they can send them to a million different camps right. they're going to play sports all day right and then there are the musical theater kids and there are plenty of musical theater programs out there for summer right and when you do tech you're you're often doing it alone when you are an, an athlete you have 
star players and coaches and role models. And when you are in musical theater, you work your way up the cast list. But when you do tech, you're probably doing it alone at home. And if you're really trying to learn stuff, you're probably doing it one YouTube tutorial after the next in a dark room. And so sometimes the parents can be concerned. Is my child social enough? Do they have enough interaction with others? And they don't have mentorship and they don't have leadership. They don't have someone sitting next to them to feed ideas off of. And that's really big on another level because a lot of those kids can be withdrawn or feel isolated. Yeah. And so you're saying that you offer a place where those kids can actually find each other. Right. And make friends. Right. And you also see, um, you know, the most popular kid and the least popular kid in, in school, you know, hanging out like it's nothing, you know, it's, it's, it's such a, like you say, it's like an exhale for everyone there. It's like, oh, okay, I can just be me. So how many kids do you have at the camp? I know it varies from week to week, but yeah, generally. 100 to 125 kids a week. Mm-hmm. So um, if I were a parent listening to this right now, my questions would be, okay, wait a minute. How, what do I do first? Do I do summer camp first? Do I do coding at a cafe with my child first? Um, how do I reach you to find out more? How can I tell you more about my child to make sure what they're doing is what they should be doing? I, I have questions. You know, they're, they're really very different. The coding is coding, right? It's, it's just like taking any other class. And, and we, the kids seem to enjoy it because they're sitting with um, a, cool a cool college, college student yeah. and they're, you know, and it doesn't feel like, you know, they're in school. And, and so it's fun. But at Summer Tech, all the other stuff is built in. We have an amazing gaming community there. Our evenings are all about gaming and social activities. Xbox, PSP, what do you have out there? We have 130 of the top gaming computers you can imagine, plus our, all of our consoles, our virtual reality. It's like a playground, especially at night, where you really have you know, endless choices of things to do at any one time. It's not like everybody's doing one thing. You have There'll be five events on the board at 7 o'clock, and then five events on the board at 8 o'clock, and you don't have to do any of them. You can be doing things that you're finding to do. So, so if there's a kid that's kind of withdrawn, um, are the counselors bringing them into yeah, the, the fold? Yeah, completely. Mm-hmm. Because they were all those kids. Mm-hmm. So as soon as, as soon as a new camper walks through the door, we kind of already know them. It doesn't take us long to figure out, okay, this, is, uh, this one's more quiet and this one's more loud and this one's you right. know, more friendly and this one is going to take a little coaxing and this one is nervous to be dropped off. And we, uh, I've always had certain counselors that I turn to um, when I know that they don't want to talk to me, the director. Mm. They need to talk to someone that feels more like them, closer to their age. And uh, we have counselors who will just, you don't have to tell them anymore. They, they, they spot it and they're just on it. And let's talk about what our kids would want to know. How's the food? You know, for a week or two, not so, not so bad. Okay. It's college food. And you've got the options, the gluten-free, the vegetarian, oh, yeah, you have yeah. all of those things. These days, yeah. Okay, that's these are all. just questions I'm saving you the trouble of being asked. Those are, yeah, 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 absolutely. So now how do people reach you? Do you have a website? Yep, summertech, summertech.net. I think .com will get you there too. Um, that's really the best way because all the information will be there. Uh, if you call that number, you'll get me. I'm always happy to talk to you about camp. Uh, I can talk for hours about it. Uh, do you still have space available for this coming summer? We do. We we will fill up, but we usually don't fill up till May or June. Great. I like your model because my kid would be away, but I would see them on the weekends. Yeah. And especially for a first-time camper, that seems like a nice thing. Yeah, it's also a nice... In. You know, sometimes you go to sleepaway camp and it's two, three hours away in the woods. 
this one sometimes is a town away. Right. I looked on Waze. It's it's 26 miles away. Which is still an hour. Right. Yeah. Everything's an hour from Hoboken. It takes half an hour to leave Hoboken yeah. and then half an hour to drive somewhere. Yeah. So, okay. Exactly. Yeah. And Fridays when you when you come back to Hoboken, it's, it's a lot of traffic. Oh. Yeah. I always tell people to stay, have dinner. Oh, is there a train to yeah. purchase? No, but White Plains, Rye. And then what? We don't pick you up. We don't have transportation. Okay. Uh, but let's say I want to go pick up my kid on Friday, but I don't want to drive. Can I get there? Go to White Plains and Uber over. How far is that? 10 minutes. Oh, doable. Yeah. And then no traffic. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice. That is nice. Yeah. There's even a bus that'll drop you off right where we are. Oh. The number 12 uh, Westchester bus. From Port Authority? For, no, from uh, White Plains. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, I don't think you can get there from Port Authority. Um, and to find Koditum yes. in Hoboken, mm-hmm. how do, how are we finding you on Koditum? Yes, C-O-D-I-T-U-M.com mm-hmm. uh, will take you, to, it will show you everything. There's youth classes, adult classes, the cafe classes. So I have other questions maybe I should have asked earlier. Sure. But why Hoboken? I mean, you are offering something that is not available anywhere else in the United States of America. Kind of, yeah. Kind of. Yeah. In terms of its... In the way that we do it, yeah. I mean, you used the term edutainment before. Yeah. I never heard that either. Yeah, we, that's, you know, learning through games. So why is Hoboken the lucky city? Because I live here. Okay. And why <laughs> did you choose Hoboken? Uh, I was living with my wife in, in the Lower East Side, and we got pregnant. And, uh, and her work moved further into New Jersey. She used to be over at Newport. And we thought uh, Hoboken made the most sense. So you knew Hoboken before when you were living in, in the Lower East Side? We knew of it. We you didn't did. know much about it, though. And you weren't, like, scared of the whole New Jersey thing? I, I, but I'm, you know, I'm a New Yorker. Right. And, and, I, and I have grown to love New Jersey. But it, it, did, it did worry me at first, yeah. I'll be honest. How long did it take you till you felt like, okay, I can do this? It took about a year. Yeah. 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 Okay. Here, did you have a car when you lived in Manhattan? No. So you didn't have to change your license plate? No, I didn't have a car until about three years ago. So, but you, you're a Long Islander. Yeah. So you had a driver's license. Oh yeah. And it was a New York license. As soon as I can get one. Yeah. Okay. So my question is how long before you took the permit test in New Jersey <laughs> and did you pass? I never took the permit test in New Jersey. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Didn't you get a New Jersey license? It just transferred from my New York license. It did? I took it three times. What? Are you kidding? No, you just walk into the DMV and... You didn't have to take the test. I don't think so. Where did you go? (laughs) I had to take the test. And I failed the first two times. The New Jersey test is very difficult. Even, Even while having a New York license? Yes. So I didn't change my license plate for seven years <laughs> because, and my first child, I insisted that he be born in Manhattan. And then I started to come around and embrace, I didn't embrace New Jersey until recently. Yeah. I embraced Hoboken. Yeah. I still don't sometimes feel like I'm in New Jersey because yeah. people will tell me where they're from in New Jersey and I never know where, if it's not right along the water here, mm-hmm. I don't know it. Like if right. someone says, I'm in Monroe, I have no idea where that is. Mm-hmm. 
Is Monroe in New Jersey? There is a Monroe in New Jersey. Yeah. Our, our local Jersey person is nodding <laughs> over here. Yeah, I don't know where anything is. I kind of know where Passaic is. I, I really don't know anything. Mm-hmm. I know where Harrison is because I used to teach in Harrison. But how many years were you living in Hoboken before you went and luckily got to just transfer your license over? I think it was like the first year. Oh, you did it right away. I imagine so. So you really embraced it very Took quickly. a bus to the DMV. Which one? Jersey City? I think so. Bayonne? No, not Bayonne. Probably Jersey City. It must have been. Oh, such a long line. I can't believe you took a... Three times? You took Three a times. Are you not a good driver? I'm a, I've am never gotten a speeding ticket. That doesn't mean you're not a good driver. I'm a, I am... Well... <laughs> I do want to I do want to give a shout out to the tr- the on the job training you get living in Hoboken because I feel that my greatest skill is parallel parking and I attribute that attribute that to my residence here. I I consider myself the best parallel parker I know. Really? Yeah. I think that there needs to be a parallel parking challenge. Okay, so wait. There, in Ho- Hoboken. There apparently was one. <clears throat> Are you serious? Because I went to college with a girl from New Jersey, and she told me that her father was the parallel parking champion of New Jersey. New Jersey. I'm sorry. I just need to take a step back because nobody in New Jersey knows how to parallel park on a one-way street on both the left and right sides. I, I can do it. But we're from New York. But but <laughs> that's true. We are former New Yorkers. But I'm saying in Hoboken, you need to be a Hoboken resident to yeah. master parallel parking. Yeah. Yeah, I'm good at it. So, and you're saying you met someone who is the number one champion of New Jersey parallel So I was told, yeah. Well, I think we need a Hoboken challenge. Let's do it. I'm down. Okay. And I think I've got this. Yeah. Okay. And you want to, you want to enter. This is better than a 5K. Oh, I totally agree. Actually, we should do it on the day they have the Lincoln Tunnel fun run for the Special Olympics. Yeah. It could be like. The after party. Like, we can maybe get a permit to close off a street for the day. We can park two cars really close together that would just allow, like, an inch front and back for another car to parallel park. Right, right. You have your challenge spots, right? Your different and then points. We have judges. Different point systems for this. Yeah. But I think if you really want to be a new Hoboken person, you have to also find a spot. Oh. <laughs> so we can get, like, a drone. Oh. We could drone and film and follow a car while it looks first. And it's like a timing thing. Oh my How God. fast. It's like the obstacle race. Yeah. I think it would be very popular. And we should do it on like a very busy night. Yeah. Like on a crawl, like on the St. Patty's Day pub yeah. crawl yeah, or, or, when there are yeah. no spots. Or during the arts festival. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's no, no parking then. I think maybe on the music next music and arts festival day, we may have to have a little parallel parking challenge. I'm all for it. Really? Yeah. You and I have known each other a couple of years. Yeah. And you mentioned to me once something fascinating. You talked about taking a depressed town, a depressed community, and and outfitting the population of high school students and GED graduates with coding skills so that they could become a future location for a startup company that needed human resources with coding skills. Yeah, we, we've actually talked to a few towns about this and it hasn't come to fruition yet, but yes. And Hoboken's perfect for that. Uh, it, a perfect place to get people's skills to become a hotspot for developers. We have Jet.com we headquartered yep. in Hoboken. Yep. 
Um, I'm sure there are many other businesses but too that every require. Every company is a tech company now. Every company. So 70% of kids in this year's graduating class of Hoboken High School have applied to colleges. 30% is kind of a large number for kids not applying to colleges. Those kids may go on to vocations, which are also highly needed. Um, but coding, you're saying, could be a super duper option for someone who's decided not to pursue a college education. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, at Stuyvesant High School, uh, Google hires right out of there. They, they, it's such a great program there. It's one of the few good high school programs in the country. You don't need to be a high-level coder. You're going to learn on the job. Even everything you learn in college, it really doesn't matter. Once you get on the job, that's where you're really going to learn. You just need to, you know. So I know many it. moms who stopped working, who have master's degrees, who stopped working for that period to raise their kids, mm -hmm. to get them into, you know, up to high school or through high school, mm -hmm. and they're lost they don't know what to do because even though they are highly credentialed, they are not um, current with their technical skills. Is Coditum a place these people who took this time off to parent could go retool for their next batch of interviews when they want to rediscover themselves in a new career? Absolutely. You know. It and, and just like anything else, coding isn't for everybody, right? It's not this, it's not something that anybody is going to be good at. Um, a lot of people will, but it also, you know, you, you, you can look at it a few ways. You can look at it as a way to get skills to move up in your work or get a new job. You can look at it uh, as being an entrepreneur. We don't just teach you, you know, Python and Java coding. We can teach you web development coding. You can be a web developer. Um, we can teach you, um, you know, high-level Excel formulas and things like that. You know, there's a lot in that realm that we can teach. And sometimes it's about, especially with adults, it's finding out, well, what are your goals? And some, you know, and, and So your teachers will ask that question? Oh yeah. oh, yeah. And how much is a class? Well, the cafe classes are $39 for one hour, which is really great. That is really great. I have to say, I have researched tutoring options online through other apps. Mm-hmm. And they're much more expensive, they actually. Are. They are. And, uh, and, and what's nice is, well, you know, our company is built on growing teachers. So here in Hoboken, we, we haven't grown our teachers, right? We hired them. But the intention is that as our kids come up, that we start to turn them into teachers. And we have some teenagers right now that have gotten really good at coding that can easily turn into teachers. Now, they don't have to teach the advanced things. They can teach other young kids those beginning things. But when you become a teacher, you're now put on the spot. You're forced to learn. Uh, and so any one of our teachers will tell you that they've become a much better coder through teaching than anything and a much more marketable employee. I have uh, a lot of alum. Over 19 years, we have people out in, you know, in every major company. A lot of them will come back to our camp and give lectures. Um, and one of the things that I always make them talk about is, how did coming to Summer Tech, uh, teaching at Summer Tech, how did that affect your work? Uh, and they will all say things like, um, it was the teaching skills that taught them communication, taught them confidence, taught them time management. 
um, and and more problem solving because you're solving the problem for it's the like kid in front of you. It's like an unintended consequence. It really is, and they'll say things like, "I flew through my interviews. It was easy. To, I wasn't nervous. I knew how to talk to people. I knew I was going to be a good coder if they asked me to do any actual coding in front of them." but I can explain things to them. And so I got right to team leader roles and management roles because I could run a team. I can tell, I can tell a group what needs to be done. You must have a huge sense of pride when you see your alum from so many years ago. I do. And it's in, and there are some pretty impressive places, um, you know, and, and I didn't really do anything other than make it available and get out of the way so that it could evolve. Um, I never said, well, it has to look like this. You know, my job after all these years is really just sort of creating the boundaries and saying, oh, just stay within the boundaries, but anything in here, just paint, just do, just create and build things. And so, um, especially at the camp, there's so many crazy events and, and things that come up because we give them, you know, full reign to just make, just create something. If I have a child, I want to get started on that three to one teacher student ratio, Will you find me those two other children? Do you throw my child into a group that you already have already? or? So it, it really depends. Um, we could. You want people to contact you for more information if they're interested I in do. doing that? I do, yeah. And, and in Hoboken, since we're so small here still and so new, um, you probably get better than a three to one. Most of our classes are better. And, you know, as the, the sad part is that as, as important as everybody knows this is and everybody's saying you got to code, you got to do STEM, we um, just had our middle school program canceled because we not enough people signed up, and it's really inexpensive, Shame. and they're just not doing it. They're just not signing up. Is this something up. parents can do with their children? Absolutely. Could we, someone we have do that. like a, a parent-child coding class at a cafe? Yeah. Can they make it fun so that it helps find a place for the parent and the child to interact? I it's, mean, it's naturally fun because you're 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 solving a puzzle together all the time. You know, you're using what you've just learned to figure out how to accomplish the thing you have to accomplish. You know, some of our programs right in the beginning of, of learning how to code are creating quiz games and uh, calculators and things like that, functional things that work so that you have, you, you start to you know, wrap your head around what's going on here and what you can do, what's possible. I think the biggest challenge for, for people to learn at a program is, okay, now that I've learned all this, what should I make? And so I think you're, you're, going to be a better coder and have more success if you're a creative person because you'll have ideas and, and things that you want to create. Otherwise, you work for someone and you make the things that they want you to make and you like making them. And we have all those different kinds of people. Well, it's great. Great to talk to you today. And I think you are a terrific resource for this little mile square city. So thank you. Thanks for being in Hoboken. Thanks for sharing all this information about your programs in Hoboken and also during the summer. And we hope to see you around town. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Give my regards to Hoboken.